What's up, first, man? First ever podcast guest yeah. in history Thanks for having of me, man. the Mid-Convo podcast. So just to get the audience a little bit filled in, what, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, I'm Tyler Bell. I make stuff. Um, I mostly work with wood, leather, metal, 3D printing. Anything I want to learn, I'll try. Cool. So funny story. Me, we we known each other for quite a while now. Yeah, like, like we went middle to school. basically middle school together, high school together. We, I mean, we didn't really talk like too yeah. much when we were going to school together. I mean, we rode the bus bus together. Fun yeah. fact: literally, Tyler lives thirty seconds away from me. Literally, and probably for the past like ten years of our lives. Yep, it's crazy. Like we, lit I drive thirty seconds and I can get to your house. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, years down the road. Yep, like we went our own paths. And now we're doing a podcast together. We're collaborating together, and mm -hmm. we'll get into a little bit more later about like what we made together. But uh, yeah, so to fill the audience, going back to fill the audience in, like where where did you go to school? Um, how did you get into making things? Yeah, um, went to school uh, in high school. Ed and I both did Running Start, and so we both graduated with an AA degree. And then I went on to Renton Technical College to do the Water Center which is basically an aerospace manufacturing training program. It's about 12 weeks. Um, and then from there, I got picked up at Boeing, and I've been building airplanes ever since. Building airplanes. Yeah. So were you, have you always been at Boeing before you got that job? Like, have you always been there? Before then, um, right out of high school, I went to work at Jiffy Lube. I worked there about a year. Bro, you went from Jiffy Lube to Boeing. Yeah. That, that's like zero to 100. <laughs> <laughs> Jiffy Lube to Boeing. Okay, so before was Jiffy Lube your first job? Yeah. Cool. So you went to you basically took the fast track, went to Running Start, then you got a job at Jiffy Lube, mm -hmm. and then after there you made your way into Boeing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like what you do at Boeing? Yeah, it's good. Um, there's some some problem solving, and I get to work with my hands every day. So. Cool. Cool. I'm pretty much aware that you recently started this whole like YouTube like content creation thing. Yeah. Like you're kind of collaborating making things like actual things like tangible items like mm -hmm. wood and metal things um, and you're trying to incorporate this like content creation aspect to it and you want to like film the process yeah could you tell me a little bit about like how you came across content creation like why you wanted to create content yeah uh, in, in unison with like your hobby of just like making stuff by the way you guys can't see it if you're listening to the podcast but for those of you watching this workbench Tyler made this from scratch like the, this whole workbench for working on it. the stools that we're sitting on, one of the stools at least he made from just scratch. Cars going by because we're in, in the garage. But anyway, I just want to say like how amazing it is that you're making stuff and you're using them. Like a lot of people will make things like custom work or they'll mm -hmm. sell items, but it's totally utilitarian. Like you yeah. make things and you actually put them to good use. That's the best part. So yeah. anyway, but uh, back on what we we're talking about. Could you explain a little bit on how you came upon content creation and why you wanted to create? Yeah, um, it, it all starts with the um, the maker community, the community of makers on online, mostly Instagram and YouTube. And so I actually found um, I was looking for uh, I had a long commute, so I was looking for podcasts to listen to, and I stumbled upon like three or four podcasts about people just talking about stuff they made, and I've listened to like hundreds of hours of those those um, podcasts, and it. They also, um, they're content creators, so they're YouTubers that make stuff like I do. Um, and so after like a year and a half of listening to that, it just kind of like became almost normal or 
not normal, but like achievable or attainable, that I could create content um, and even potentially someday make a living off of it. And so basically you're saying you, so like kind of your steps in your in your mind, what you yeah. did, you, you first had this interest of, you know, creating things, like mm -hmm. actual things. Yeah. And then you started listening to more podcasts and the maker community. And the maker yeah. community, for those of you listening, is just like this community of people that love to make things, like yeah. literal things, like wood, like, you know, woodwork, metalwork, um, yeah. pretty much anything, yeah, just so making stuff. We call ourselves makers because um, we're not necessarily like a woodworker or a metalworker. Um, we're kind of generalists and we like to explore all si or all types of making stuff and genres. And, yeah. um, and then about a year later, um, after like taking making seriously and making stuff like every weekend, um, I made the jump and I was like, this is it. I'm gonna create content, I'm gonna start a YouTube channel. Um, and then about nine months later of prep and creating three videos and two trial videos and buying some gear and doing all, getting all my branding aligned, um, I launched a YouTube channel nine months later. Okay, okay. So couple things I want to hit on that's super cool like just the way you came across starting a YouTube channel how much thought you put into it I kind of want to backtrack a little bit what you said and you mentioned that when you're listening to these podcasts you had like a breakthrough and you were like I could do this yeah like it's it's, it's okay like there's a lot of people that don't know what they're doing there's a mm -hmm. lot of people that want to do this content creation thing so yeah. like was that a pretty like big breakthrough moment for you when you're like because you pretty much were picking the brains of these successful people. Yeah. And you had a breakthrough and you said, I could do this. Like, why why can't why can't Tyler Bell make a YouTube channel and, and exactly. get like a bunch of people watching, right? Exactly. It just, um, it came to a point where like, it was the logical next step of my passion where I could take my passion further and share it with other people. Yeah. And you just mentioned something pretty crazy. So when you launch, you launch your YouTube channel, you said you took nine months. You took nine months yeah. before posting your first three videos. From the moment I decided to launch the channel in December and then started collecting gear and branding and making videos, I launched in August. Wow. Talk about all in the prep. So mm -hmm. you took nine months to launch this thing. Could you tell me what that nine months looked like? like what yeah. was your creative mind? Like, were you like, am I wasting my time? Is this like, is this even worth it? Like, you're obviously putting in all this work mm -hmm. without like a uh, a full real like goal, like what exactly is gonna happen? Yeah. Like, I just wanna maybe pick your brain a little bit on like what your mental state was in these nine months as you were building mm -hmm. your brand. There was some, some doubt and stuff and especially not having any return and not knowing what I could expect out of it. Um, and still, like even now, after, two months after I've launched, I'm not going to see any, um, at least monetary re return, because it does take a lot to invest in this kind of stuff and get started. But so I started um, about a month after I decided in planning and trying to figure out a name for my brand. And I went through a couple of silly names and just landed on Tyler Bell. But um, I had an old DSLR, I, I, I bought a shotgun mic and I, I tried to shoot with that and then I realized that the autofocus wasn't gonna work, we're gonna cut it. So I went and bought another uh, point and shoot, like a Canon G7X, um, and I shot two test videos. And this is important because um, like, a, like Bob Claggett from I Like To Make Stuff, he says, um, you don't know, well, let me grab a quote. Go for it. You're pulling out the quote, pulling out the phone, man. Pulling out the quote. Hey, there's a lot of quotes out there. Not, a, sure. not everyone just has them on top of their mind. You know, yeah. I already have, I for sure have a bunch of quotes on my phone too. 
Yeah, the best way to find out what you don't know is to do it, and then you have a very clear list of what you need to learn. Okay, say, so, that, say that one more time for the audience, a little bit slower. The best way to find out what you don't know is to just do it, and then you'll have a very cl clear list of things that you need to learn. Cool, yeah, I so like that. So what he suggests is like, when you're starting out with content, do a test video with the whole intention of never publishing it, and go through all the motions, do a whole dry run, and um, get the gear, shoot it, get in front, in front of the camera, um, and that's what I did. Like my first two, I did two test videos, and um, the project didn't work out, so I didn't actually finish and edit, but it was really good to kind of go through that motion yeah. and get me, make sure that I, re I really want to go forward with this because it's gonna take a little bit of investment to, uh, to go through yeah, with it. Yeah, that's so interesting because like, I guess in my side, the way my creative mind works would like, I'm, I'm all about just like, just starting. Mm. Like, j just like, even though you don't have all your like stuff figured out yet, you don't know your logo, you, you don't know like what you wanna do, what kind of content you wanna make. I'm a huge advocate of just just start. Just yeah. grab the camera and go out and start creating. Yeah. And so to meet someone who really did put in prep, pretty much put in a bunch of prep before actually launching something is really interesting because mm. usually people like kind of fall off in that process. They're just like, ah, oh, this is hard, and they just like give up, or it's not coming out how I wanted to, and they'll start giving up. Mm -hmm. So, would you say after you, since you have experience now in building your brand for that nine months, before actually coming out with anything, Tyler Bell, would you say that was necessary? Do you think you could have just mm -hmm. maybe like started? Like, did, do you think that process? Will, yeah, I guess was that process necessary, and could you have just started from the get go, like, and learn as you go? I don't think it was necessary at all. I think I think you can absolutely just jump right into it and get started. I do think that the prep will pay off in the long run and I came out of the gate stronger than I would have if I had just posted one, my very first video I ever shot just out of the gate and then it took me, would have taken me like four more months to put out the second video. It mm -hmm. would have been a really slow start. Um, so I think all that prep will pay off in the long run. No, that's a good point. I mean, you're pretty much what you did was personal branding. And and for those of you guys watching and listening, personal branding, I cannot stress enough how important just branding in yourself is. <laughs> like, even though you may not have a huge audience, you may not have a, a ton of big clients, being professional on paper with like a good logo, a good website, a good clean aesthetic, that, that in itself will get you a bigger audience and more clients. It's crazy because people... Like in this day and age, in 2018, going on to 2019, your work is not enough. You're just, just having a good video mm. is not enough for you to become successful. You need to have good visual aesthetic across the board. You, know, yeah. you need to have a good logo, a good website, a good name. You need a good ring to like what you say because nowadays you're not selling just your work, you're selling, you're selling you. You're selling you as a creator. Now, yeah. like back then, like you could make something cool and be like, oh yeah, I, I know that guy's work. Now it's like with all these creators coming out, people people buy into and subscribe to the to the creator. Yeah. Not more so their work. Because, you know, after like two years of watching the same person, it's like Casey Neistat. Casey Neistat, like no one, everyone knows what to expect when they watch his videos. Mm -hmm. It's not like something where it's like, oh dude, I, he keeps mind blowing me on the videos. It's like he does like the same style he always does. Mm -hmm. Now he just hit recently 10 million subscribers. But the reason why people keep coming back to Casey Neistat is because he's Casey Neistat. People yeah. love his personality. People love his 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 persona, his style, his mm -hmm. aesthetic. 
not just his work. Maybe the work was what got people to come in in the first place, but for like the actual retention of mm -hmm. this audience, it's the personal branding. That's a really good point. And I think um, like that's a good way to supplement your content. Like if you create film videos or you know cinematic sequences or you make stuff um, and there's not a whole lot of you on camera, one way to add value to your content, maybe like on Instagram would be a good way to supplement it. Start um, showing some behind the scenes of you personally, like on stories at least or in Instagram posts. Oh dude. Instagram stories, man. We were just <laughs> talking about this the other day. Me and Tyler yeah. were making, um, we we're making something, and he was just like, "I gotta post in the story," and he's just like, "Boom, boom, 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 story, story, story," and like he's tagging people, and I'm just like, oh, "I really don't want to take my phone out," you know? Like, it is a blocker. Like, not mm. Instagram story isn't for everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But it's so important. You're right. Like, showing just that little piece of behind the scenes can go a long way because. You know, everyone posts like their polished, finished product, but sometimes just that raw clip of posting your phone out and being like, hey, this is what we're doing. Yeah. It can be really impactful to even like the, the smallest of audiences or even large audiences, right? Yeah, and I think people really like seeing the personality behind the camera too. And it can kind of break down that, that barrier from the audience to the creator and kind of make you more of a real person. There you go. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So. Tyler, one thing that we want to talk about in this podcast, um, the main title for this podcast is No Audience, No Problem, mm -hmm. which means uh, I, I kind of thought of it because you, how many Instagram followers do you have? 130. And oh, then, or, that's that again. So how many uh, Instagram followers do you have? 260. And then on YouTube? 130. Okay, so collectively you don't really have that big of a reach, not mm -hmm. yet, because I know you will, but right now you're in the building process. But clearly, like how long does it take you to edit a video? About six to eight hours now. Okay, six to eight hours, and to make something can take days, multiple days. Yeah. Yeah? So you're clearly putting in a lot of work, a lot mm -hmm. of hours into your content that maybe not a lot of people are watching. So like, what is your, what is your mental state? Like, how, how, do you, how do you stay up until 10 p.m. at night, you know, 1 a.m. editing a video, and even though you know only a few people, maybe some family and friends are gonna watch it. Like the, the mental state, like how do you get through that? Because so many people are like, oh, well, no one, no one cares. I don't have an audience. Yeah. But you're you're you you're still putting out content, even mm -hmm. though you may not have a huge reach. Yeah, that's a that's a tough point because like um, putting in all this work and not seeing any return can be kind of um, unmotivating. And may, you know, a, a big part of it is is uh, the passion I have for it and making stuff and making the video I really enjoy um, shooting and editing and I think it's an art form I'm trying to learn um, but kind of the reason well exactly the reason that I launched with three videos at the same time um, is that when when people come when the audience finds my, my stuff I want that I want it to already be like look like a fully developed business like I want it to already look successful before it becomes successful. So um, that way I'll have a higher a higher chance of turnover and or a conversion. Conversion. Versus like word. audience. Yeah. Oh, dude, I love that. I love what you just said. You said you want it to look successful before it's actually successful. Exactly. That's so key. Like mm -hmm. you have that figured out because that's something I learned way later on. Because something that Someone that I used to um, follow a while back, he told me, you know, like, okay, I had, I think, a thousand followers on Instagram or like something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, like, this is when I was like caught up on the whole like Instagram thing. I was like, dude, I yeah. want to get 10K, 10K, yeah. 10K, 10K. 
And something that someone t said was, hey, if you want 10K, you have to post your photos, you have to post captions like you have 10K. Mm. It, it's like my, my, one of my good, my good friends who, you know, in the entrepreneurial space, they always say, if you want to make your dream a reality, it has to first become a reality in your mind. Oh, if it's still yeah. a dream, there's no, there's, there's literally no way that that dream can become a reality. By using the terminology dream, mm -hmm. it'll never come to fruition. Yeah. You have to make it a reality in your mind in order to have that come to life. That's why I like my channel, like, you know, even this podcast and things like that. Like, I don't have a huge reach, but that's still not an excuse to not try to strive to put out content like these, all these successful people. Yeah. Because if you wanna get that successful, you have to post content that's similar. Who are your top three favorite content creators? Hmm. Um, Laura Kampf. Okay. Uh, Brett McAfee from Skull and Spade 13. And Destin Sandlin. Okay. A quick question then. What, what can they do that you can't learn? Nothing. Literally. Yeah. Literally nothing. Like the only thing they have on you is they have, not that it's a competition, but they have an audience mm -hmm. that they've built. That's like the biggest gap there. That's the biggest gap in the whole social media space. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, you have 100,000 followers and I have 10. But really though, if you really take it to like the core, mm -hmm. there's absolutely nothing that someone who has 10 followers can't do to someone who has 100,000 followers. And you know how they got there? good content consistently exactly it's just, that's the bear that's <sighs> it boiled down so there's like a crow in the background <laughs> right now i don't know if you guys can hear that we're like in and we're in tyler's uh workshop right now in his garage which is really rad by the way like he Thank he you. has everything here like he has everything labeled like i get this like nice that vibe of like everything just like labeled cool. and just like, <laughs> like yeah. pulling up he has everything organized when he's making stuff why why do you create like what gets you like fired up? Yeah. Um, so when I create content, I'm sharing stuff I've made. And one of, a few of the, the main returns I get from that is uh, to inspire, educate, and entertain. And that's a little motto I've taken from Brad Rodriguez from Fix This, Build That. But um, I think those three things are the main way that you can add value to your audience. And I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. Like, I'll get messages and comments of people like, dude, I love your stuff. You know, I, you know, positive stuff like, hey, I, I'm going to try and make something like this too. And it's pushing me to try a project I've been wanting to do for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and so to inspire, like, I want sh to um, show people that um, making isn't as intimidating as it looks and that people are more capable than they think they are. And uh, I want to encourage people to try and make stuff with their hands. Um, no, I really like that. I really like how you are trying to do things that are not based off of like a quantitative result. Mm -hmm. Like you pretty much, you're not like, you're not worried about the numbers, you're not worried about the likes. I mean, if that comes, cool. Yeah. But you're more so worried on your craft and mm -hmm. chasing your passion. Absolutely. And that's awesome because for, for those of you watching and listening, it's so important that to understand the difference between quantitative and qualitative results. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, if you, if you pursue this like 
passion chasing, especially content creation, especially when it comes to content creation and social media, whatever this whole like weird digital realm is right now. Yeah. If you base your uh, success and your results off a quantitative result, like followers and likes and engagement, you will never become successful. You'll burn because out. you'll burn out. There's never going to be enough number that make you happy. It's mm -hmm. like going onto the world to chase money. Like you'll never be happy because why do you think people like Steve Jobs died like an unhappy man? Like he was like, I wish I would have done more. Mm -hmm. He was like arguably one of the most successful richest people in the world. But money doesn't buy happiness in the same way likes engagement that kind of stuff comments it doesn't won't buy you happiness yeah. it's temporary like yeah it might feel good and like that mm -hmm. that hit in the beginning yeah but it's not going to sustain it's more about the qualitative and what's what the beauty is quantitative it's kind of out of your out of your control you know what i mean mm -hmm. like if you make content you but you could put like your blood sweat and tears into it but you might get like five views on it that's not your fault you know what I mean? Like you just haven't got to a point of like growing yet to that yeah. size. But if it's qualitative, you can actually gauge that. You can gauge hard work. Like mm. you can decide to put in 100% or 50% or 10%. Yeah. That's on you. Yep. That's 100% on you. It doesn't matter what other people think, which is why I always like, encourage people like gauge yourself on that qualitative result. Like how many hours did you put into that video? How many hours did you put into that passion? Because you can actually gauge that but don't base your like success off of like followers and likes and stuff because mm -hmm. that won't pay off. And I think you are like a true testament, uh, like a living testimony to it's okay to not have an audience. It's okay to uh, not have a huge reach, but still keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's just a hobby. And normally you do hobbies just to have fun in your own free time for yourself. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't expect any return out of this. Like you were, you were a pretty, a pretty shy guy in high school, for sure. Really, actually, pretty shy. Like I remember, um, we would like ride the bus together. You wouldn't really talk, or I mean, you would talk, but not like a ton. I, I would have never imagined you would have wanted to start a YouTube channel anytime down the road. Me neither. <laughs> um, so, how for those of people that are listening or watching that, you know, have kind of that like personality blocker, like mm. they they feel like they can't talk in front of the camera or uh, they're not cut out for it, like. How did you break through that? How did you kind of get more personable and get more comfortable yeah. with like talking? Um, well, first of all, like I've heard and I've met other content creators um, that actually turn out, a lot of them are actually introverts. Like, um, I mean, at least in our, my, my space, the maker community, like we usually make stuff alone in our garages anyways. And so um, that was kind of a big surprise to me is that the people that I see so outgoing and on great on camera and stuff, they're actually, they can be introverts. What helped me kind of get used to being on camera and stuff is actually Instagram and Instagram stories. Like I started out um, back on my, before I launched my business account and I was just doing personal uh, Instagram account. It was just family and friends and stuff. So I was a little more comfortable being more open and pushing myself. And Instagram stories um, are actually kind of my gateway drug to doing content and videos. Um, like it's a really easy way to um, try out uh, like storyboarding and doing short clips and um, you know practicing cut length and stuff. And so that that really uh, pushed me to be more outgoing and got me comfortable in front of the camera. Dude, I started doing that like a year before I launched my content. That's so awesome. That's a, that's a nugget right there. That's why we had this podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, 
mid-convo, this podcast is all about having things come up in the middle of the conversation. Like we've been talking for the past 30 minutes, but yeah. there's certain things that really stick out to me. Yeah. And that was one of them. Like you said that Instagram stories is like your gateway drug to content creation. Exactly. Because it's simple. Like mm -hmm. it's it's so true. Like Instagram stories, like people don't, they kind of discount them because they're like, oh, it's like Snapchat. Like you're just going to post up. But seriously, like there's professional Instagram storyers out yeah. there. Like they, they put in a lot of work on their Instagram stories. And yeah, like you said, it's it's stress-free. Like you're not, it's not daunting. You don't have to like <laughs> upload like files to your computer, yeah. edit a sequence, like put tracks and put audio. Like you just pop up your phone, take a clip, talk in your video, and you, you have something that could be as as equally as impactful mm -hmm. on your story mm -hmm. as you would if you were to post like a five minute film on YouTube. Yeah, it's easy and you can kind of run and gun and that's, I get a lot of enjoyment out of that. And I've heard a lot of um, actors and comedians and stuff like uh, Nick Offerman and Chris Pratt, they do stories all the time to kind of push themselves and kind of try out new techniques and new stories and stuff. So I love that. So for, for you guys, if you guys, so for everyone listening and watching, if you want to get into YouTube, you feel like a personality is a blocker, start with stories. Try it. Try try making like a, a awesome Instagram story like channel. So I have a buddy who lives in Belfast, Ireland, uh, Northern Ireland, and he puts so much time into his Instagram stories, mm -hmm. but it's almost become like a channel now. Like I can, oh, wow. when I click on his, his circle on Instagram, I can expect like a full on story. Cool. Which is cool because it's like, it's a full on vlog essentially through an Instagram story. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's awesome because it's, you could tell your story through so many ways. You don't have to only tell it through like a $5,000 camera and yeah. uh, like YouTube. You could tell it through a lot of different avenues. Like mm -hmm. the phone in your pocket nowadays is, is just as good yeah. to make content than what we had like 10 years ago, mm -hmm. even five years ago, even three years ago. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like the XX, 10X Max camera now is like better than half these cameras in the market right now. Yeah. So like the best camera to use is the one you have. And like Casey Neistat, he supplements his videos with phone shots every now and then. Totally. So real quick, we're going to talk about it a little bit. What is your, what's your gear? What's your setup? I know your content mm -hmm. creation setup. Like what are you using? Um, how much have you invested thus far, like in gear and things like that? Yeah, so um, I mentioned dude, that crow is like, dude. How <laughs> <laughs> um, the audio does <laughs> <laughs> uh, So I mentioned I started out um, that first month of uh, deciding to go towards content. I started out with my old Nikon D3200 DSLR. Mm -hmm. um, and I tried a uh, Rode video might go. Um, and I found out the DSLR just wasn't going to cut it, the one I had and the lenses and stuff. So I went out and bought, um, for 600 bucks, I bought a Canon G7X Mark II. Uh, your tripod. Is, yeah. yeah, a little that, man. That, like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's kind of the point I wanted to make. It's like, yeah. that's it. Like, that's it. It's just creating content. Like, quality content that people are genuinely, like, interested in consuming. And you have, like, one point-and-shoot camera. That's it, yeah. Like, and I'm genuinely interested in watching your stuff, too. Like, me, on the other hand, like, I have all this, like, gear, like... Yeah, it's cool. I've worked my way up. I, I started from humble beginnings too mm -hmm. with camera equipment, yeah. but now I have all these equipment. But sometimes like gear can seriously become a blocker because mm -hmm. like you saw me the other day, like I was trying to use the gimbal. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I don't want to use this. I just want to like take off the camera and just fly around my yeah. handheld. Mm -hmm. Seriously, like if there's a point to be made here is I have a ton of gear. You're just starting out. You have a simple point and shoot. Yeah. There's nothing about your content that's any less entertaining than my content, mm. even though you have probably way less equipment than me 
That's just a point that I want to make is that like you don't need all the fancy stuff. You can start with just what you have. Absolutely. So I like yeah. that. So let's let's uh kind of like slowly like wrap this podcast yeah. up. I want to keep these like not too long. But one thing I do want to mention is there's this been, there's this been this sign um, behind Tyler that we've been working on. This is the whole point of this collab is. I had this crazy idea. I Instagram Tyler. I was like, "Hey, I had this crazy idea. I know you make stuff, but what about if we made something that I could put in all my YouTube videos in the podcast, like like a metal sign? I know that's kind of a reach, but what do you can you can you do that? Like etch my logo out into a sheet of metal? And this guy being super ambitious the way he was, like, what did you say? Like, oh yeah, dude, let's do it. Like as soon as he mentioned it, just like poof, an idea in my head, and I, yeah. you know, cool. So I kind of want to grab it, yeah, and show here. I grab this. So, guys, like, look, look at this thing. Like, I'll get some, we'll, we'll throw maybe over some B-roll over this. And for those of you listening, it's pretty much like a space gray, um, a, like a brushed aluminum look, sheet of metal, two sheets that we kind of like spaced together um, evenly. And he literally, like, hand handheld cut out my EL films like logo into this sheet of metal and then behind the first sheet he put like rgb led lighting that's actually battery powered so like the the logo is like illuminating behind the sheet of metal it's crazy so for those of you guys listening you guys got to watch the video podcast of this because i'm very impressed with what tyler has has made here like it's this is this is This is buttery. In the, if I was to call something, like, I call video clips buttery, but this, this is buttery, man. Cool. Like, seriously. Thanks, man. I this is going to make it in a lot of my YouTube videos, and I'm, I'm stoked about this. So, thank you for that. Cool. Yeah. Um, one thing that I want to talk about as well, um, real quick, I want to talk about Tyler. You clearly are talented. Like, you can make something thank you. that awesome by hand in your garage on things that you've made. Mm-hmm. So I found out yesterday or two days ago, you never went to school. You never went to school for no. learning how to make stuff. No. How, okay, tell me about that. How do you know how to make stuff and you literally <laughs> n- never went to school? And keep in mind guys, I'm not talking like he just like hacks all this together. Like he's using some very tactical, technical things that you need to learn. like. The way he was, you know, etching the like touching the metal, filing it down, cutting all the sheets, and he's he's taking like very, very like efficient methods and safety methods. Like, where did you learn all mm-hmm. that? That's a really tough question because I I think I take that for granted. With my dad and my stepdad, we're both pretty handy, um, and they're both engineers, so I've got that kind of uh, mentality, but with like a hands-on trade skill kind of background, um, without any training though. But I. Grew up like building fences with my dad and fixing stuff around the house. So I had an idea of, you know, what tools were for what, how to use tools and be handy. Um, And then I got my truck when I was 17, a 64 GMC. And uh, there were some things that I wanted to do on that. So I just learned Um, and I'd been interested in hot rodding around that time. And so that was um, kind of the first big project that I started learning skills on and collecting tools. Um, and then from there, I just kind of, uh, I found the maker community right after that, a couple years after getting the truck. And I had always had this desire to make stuff and work with my hands. Like I remember being 
like back in middle school, being bored on a summer day and asking my dad if we could just go to Home Depot. And I didn't even know what I wanted to make. I didn't even know what I could make. I was so young and inexperienced, I didn't know what was possible, what tools were capable of doing what. Um, and so I just wanted to go to Home Depot and you know get inspiration. But just, so with that kind of mentality and, and passion, once I found the maker community, I started making stuff seriously. And I would uh, um, take inspiration from other people's videos and make stuff like a new thing like every weekend or two. And basically just through YouTube and through the community on Instagram, I learned what I know. You learned how to become a maker of awesome things <laughs> by hand and in your own garage by YouTube and Google searching. Literally, that's that crazy. It, yeah. Like, I don't know, I guess people say it's crazy that I learned filmmaking yeah, through YouTube and like I, that I never went to film school and things like that, but that's just further proving my point that if you want to do something, chase a passion. You don't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars in college tuition and debt. Like the best teachers are like experience. Like mm -hmm. the, the best teacher you can have is just starting, trying it hands on. And yeah. like there's so many resources out there. Like there's not a single thing on YouTube you can't Google now. Like if you yeah. want to do something, if you Google it or YouTube it, I, I'm 99% sure that there's going to be something, somewhere, someone in the world that created a video with the same problem as you. Yeah. And that's just awesome, dude. It's crazy that you learn through YouTube on like how to make stuff. That's so yeah. cool. And one thing I found that um, sometimes there is one thing that Google can't help me with and that's where to start. So finding someone in your community like Ed is going to be a great resource for me. So find someone that you can, um, they can look at your experience level and where you're at and tell you where to start. I think with that, we'll end the podcast. Right on, man. That was awesome. Thank you, Tyler, for being part of the podcast. Thank the you. First mid-convo episode in history. It was this, this was an epic collab, honestly. Yeah. Like that's, that sign is sick. Dude, I'm excited. That sign is sick. Uh, you're a rad guy. I'll make sure to link Tyler's stuff down below, guys. So make sure uh, to check his stuff out. He's gonna be blowing up, I guarantee you, within the next couple months or couple years. And just keep crushing it, bro. Thanks, man. You're right. crushing it too. I'll see you guys later. Bro, that was sick. Oh!